Um, well, this morning I want to invite your attention to the fourth chapter of the book of Daniel. Um, I'm going to look at it from the King James Version. I'm gonna get, we're going to look at the 34th through the 37th verse of the, um, of the book of Daniel. Um, and I'm going to be looking at it from the King James Version of the Bible. That's Daniel, the fourth chapter. And we're going to look at the 34th to the 37th verse. And you guys say, I got it. If you don't have it, just say, I'll just hold on. Hold on. I got All it. Right. All right. I heard a hold on, so. Hold on. All right. And the word of God reads this way. At the, end of the, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, mm -hmm. whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his own according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At that same time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, mine, my, mine honor and brightness returned unto me. And my counselors and my lords sought unto me. And I was established in my kingdom. And excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, Praise and extol the most. Uh, praise and extol the King of Heaven, whose works are true. Whose whose works are truth. All those, all whose works are truth, and His ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, He is able to abase. Mm -hmm. This morning, I want to talk from the subject of our sovereign King, our sovereign King. Very simply, I want to have you to understand by the end of this message is that God is sovereign and that he is also worthy of our worship. Those are the two things I want you to get out of this. And if, if I could give a all-around definition for the sovereignty of God, it would be this. God's rule and control over all. That's God's rule and control over all. First, we want to look at the king's dominion and we're going to look at that from the 34th verse and the A clause. Um, Nebuchadnezzar here, he has um, just finished a series of visions, and those visions are showing different things that were going to happen to him. And after these visions, he basically, um, he sees that he doesn't control anything, and that God is the one that controls all, and that God is the one that sees and knows all. So he begins to, after these series of visions, to be Again, to recognize that God is the one that is sovereign, and God is the one that is, um, has an everlasting reign. If you remember um, back in the, the previous chapter of the book of Daniel, you will remember that he threw the um, three Hebrew boys in the, in, in the fiery furnace. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I think it was the, the, the um, audacity of Daniel's faith that really impressed Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, those boys' faith, rather that influenced Nebuchadnezzar to say, this God must be real. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I look at the word dominion, and I looked at it from um, a, a definition, um, from a dictionary here, and I was, and what it said was sovereign or supreme authority, the po- the power of governing and controlling, independent right, independent of possession, use, and control, sovereignty or supremacy. Um, so God's dominion is all those things and more. So what um, Nebuchadnezzar is saying here is that his dominion and it, and God's dominion rather and is a everlasting dominion mm-hmm. and that his kingdom is from generation to generation. Nebuchadnezzar is prompted to worship God because of his dominion. And we can learn from Nebuchadnezzar in this way because we can all worship God on the basis of his attributes. His attributes are enough to praise him enough. Amen. So we see that God is worthy of our worship, not only just because of all things he's done for us, but because of the fact that he's holy, he's righteous, and all, this other, all the other attributes. Because, of, because we have a high view of God, we can, we can worship him regardless of where we are. And no matter where our circumstances are, just on the basis of our, just the basis of our knowledge of his attributes. And this morning, this morning, what God wants us to see is that you know we can see this this arrogant and pompous king recognizes that he can do nothing apart from the sovereign hand of God. Amen. So just like how when we know that we can't do anything apart from God, remember what Jesus said: "You know, I am the vine; you are the branches. And apart from me, you can do nothing." So. We can do nothing without him. And this is what Nebuchadnezzar is specifically saying here. We can do nothing outside the sovereign hand of God in our lives. Now, if we were able to see what this earthly king was able to see, like the, the, the glory of God that he was able to see in all those, after all those visions and, and being able to um, see the glory and the majesty of God the way he did, we all would recognize the very same thing that he did. Um, I'm reminded of Jeremiah chapter 10, verse number 10. And it reads like this. But the Lord is, is the true God. He is the living God and everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide in his indignation. That's Jeremiah 10 and 10. So we see that God's Rule and dominion is everlasting, which means nobody can take him off his throne. No, like we, we serve a God, we don't have to go. We have to go and uh, we don't have to go and try and vote him into the and to be on his throne. Even though we should vote as citizens here on earth, but we don't have to. We don't have to have a, a voting booth in heaven on um, whether God is in is on his throne or not. He's already on his throne. All right. Secondly, I want us to look at the king's kingdom. The king's kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar describes this kingdom as a kingdom that ruled as a kingdom from generation to generation. That which really just means that God has God hasn't stopped ruling. No matter which generation you find yourself in, God has never stopped from ruling. And this is referring to, as I said, God's never ending reign. And the way that he sees all and that he knows all. He knows all. 
God's kingdom reign is one that never ends. No one can take his throne away from him. It simply means that God will always rule and reign over all. Luke 1, 33 says it like this. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be, watch this, no end. No end to this king's kingdom. This king, this king, you don't have to go to the voting booth and go and punch him in as a as a viable option. He's already on his throne. You don't have to you don't, you don't have to vote him in, you don't have to invite him in. He's already there. So in our text today, what we see is this earthly king realizes that his, even though his reign will eventually come to an end, and it does, his, like God's reign will never end. Never end. So this should remind you and I that God reigns over our lives and that he knows what is best for us. Because there are some times where we can sometimes think that, you know, God is just sitting there idly watching what's going on in our lives. And we think, oh, God, you don't see this. You know, no, he sees it. He, he knows exactly what you're dealing with. And he knows what's best for us. He, know, he knows how to bring us into a trial, how to, know, how to take us out of one. He knows how to bring us into a situation and out of a situation. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, I have four points. So thirdly, I'll look at the king's subjects. The king's subjects. And this is in verse number 35. And next we see Nebuchadnezzar. He refers to God. At, he refers to God and also his subjects. And, and he talks about them in the, in, in the context of the inhabitants of the earth. And and, and, he, and it reads like this. He says, and all the inhabitants of the earth are are, are reputed as nothing. Um, other versions like the CSB say counted as nothing. Or um, So what... What this verse is really trying to teach us here is that neither one of us can sit up there can sit there and say to God, "Why are you doing this?" or all these different things because we're like we're God is great and we're finite. We're finite beings. Like our even though yes, like we should have our we should always ask God we should ask God questions, but when we go to, we have to go to Him in the right manner. We have to go to Him in the right manner. We have to realize that who like that we serve a, like the God that is above God is above us and we are His we are His creation. He's the Creator. Mm-hmm. So there's a place of respect that we need to have for God's role as being King over our lives. Yeah. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, Psalm one thirty five and verse number six makes it makes it very clear in this in this manner. He says, "Whatsoever the Lord pleased, He did in heaven." And in the earths, in the seas, in all the deep places. So, so we see that God not only just um, rules over you and I, but He rules over His creation. If we, if, we, if we even look back in Genesis, you'll see that God said, you know, let there be, and there it was. So He rules over everything. Amen. So we see that God not only rules over individuals, we see that God rules over the rest of His creation as well. So we're not by ourselves. Just as much as we're we're run by God, just as much as the um, winds and the waves and the animals and all those different things, those are all run by God. Those things aren't by happenstance. And what we need to see is from Nebuchadnezzar is a lesson in humility and that we realize that God is sovereign and we are not because a lot, a lot of times we have a lot of, in many many. Um, 
in, in many people's minds, people assume that um, that we are like that God is here to serve us, but we're really here to serve Him. Mm-hmm. People have it, you know, convinced that you know that you know the Bible is about me, when in reality, the Bible is about Jesus. And a lot of times, we can get so caught up in our favorite translation or our favorite study Bible or things of that nature, that we forget. Wait a minute, the Bible's about Jesus. It's not supposed to be carried to my interests or my thoughts. It's supposed to be carried to God and what he wants me to hear. So like we need to be very caught we need to be very careful when we're approaching even reading the scriptures. Because sometimes we can very we can very easily um fall into with this fall into the wrong interpretation because we want to put ourselves into the story. So what what Nebuchadnezzar what we want to learn from Nebuchadnezzar is just like I said before that God is sovereign and we are not. And then fourthly, I want to look at the worship of the king, the worship of the king. Now I ain't put this in my notes, but but um felt let to say this that basically what 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 Nebuchadnezzar was saying um. In the beginning of this verse, in verse number thirty-six, verse number thirty-six here, what he's saying is that like he realizes that he doesn't control anything. Like I said before, he doesn't control anything, and all and all those things that he understands that first that God rules and God reigns, and and, and, and what he sees is that he doesn't control anything, and that. God rules and God reigns. And that's what exactly what the verse, verse 36 says. That when his reason returns to him, he, he, he's reminded, you know, that that he doesn't control anything, that he's a he just another person that is ruled by God. And that we are just like that. Um and then verse number 37, which is the verse that I'm gonna mainly focus on for this portion, it says like this Now I Nebuchadnezzar. Praise and extol the and honor the King of Heaven, whose works are truth, his ways are his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. Which is another word for humility, that he's able to like, to, to make men and women humble. Now, I could I could end the sermon based off of that because Nebuchadnezzar preached that himself. Um, what he's saying here is that. He gave God worship and praise on the basis of him being sovereign. It's purely on the basis of the sovereignty of God. And that is specifically what God wants us to do. When we see that he is sovereign, when we see that he is great, that should prompt us to worship him in a way that we have never been able to before. Because he is able to make us humble. I'm reminded in, 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 the, book of, in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus said that blessed are the meek and are the meek, so that 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 shall inherit the earth, and blessed are the broken in spirit, for that for theirs is the kingdom of God. So, Jesus taught Jesus taught that we should have humility, and Nebuchadnezzar is seeing that, so he is getting his revelation primarily from God. So God is able to even make the most arrogant people. Um, to bow in humble submission. So we got so when, when we have trouble going on in the White House and everything that's going on with that, God can use the very people who we think that He can't. Mm-hmm. 
and he can allow them to bow in humble submission. Um, I saw, um, as I was preparing this message, I saw a article about um the state that had stopped um and paused for a day of prayer and fasting and different things of that nature. Now I paused and I said, "Wow, so if if they can stop and pray and fast, why can't we as an entire nation do that and call for like a day of prayer or a day of reflection over what God has done for us as a nation? Because we have a lot of things to be thankful for, but also this like this pandemic should show us that we should be um should be more closer to God than ever before. Amen. And Nebuchadnezzar worships God because of his eternal rule and his eternal reign. And what he and what he realizes is, like most of us do, that we should worship God because of all that he is, and that includes his sovereignty. So that means that even when we have bad situations, we have good when we have good circumstances in our lives, we should worship him regardless of what of what we are dealing with in our lives. Mm-hmm. So this morning, I want to give us a challenge to end, to in our message. I want to give I want to give us a challenge. I want to challenge all of us to remember that God is sovereign and that we can worship Him, that He rules and that He reigns over all. And they knows what's best for us. So this morning, I want you to simply be reminded that God is sovereign. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna if I and if I ask you throughout the week what was the challenge, I want you, I want you to remember what the challenge was. And it's, and it's simply this: to remember that God is sovereign, Amen. and that we can trust in Him. So be not dismayed, whatever betides you. God will take care of you. Thank you. Amen.